Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1 800 795 9565 or email on the mark at WKOK.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark. Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome aboard WKOK's live telephone talk show on the mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Mr. Joe! Is that little Valentine you have there for me? Uh, no, this is from Lewisburg. The Heart of Lewisburg Ice Festival is oh, coming okay. up. And this is an actual sticker. You put this on something and it sticks. Well, now, isn't that clever? It probably gets you in the door. It's something up at the Lewisburg Arts Festival. I got gotcha. you. Or Lewisburg. Heart of, I- Lu- Heart of Lewisburg Ice Festival. I thought Festival. you were bringing me a Valentine attempting to apologize. Bye. Oh, for all the go. harsh you things you said. You can have me. it. Gee, thanks. <laughs> Are you happy now? It says love local. <laughs> okay. okay. Well, yeah, that's a good way to be. Looks like a poker chip, actually. Mm-hmm. So how have you been since yesterday? Have you modified your beliefs eh, in any way, shape, or form? A little wound up. And so am I. Do you know all the talk, all the people we've had on this show calling in saying, there's nothing to Hunter Biden, there's nothing to it, this is just a distraction? The New York Times has sued the State Department seeking access to U.S. Embassy emails that mention President Joe Biden's son, Hunter. In the lawsuit filed in federal court in Manhattan, lawyers for the Times requested access to emails sent by officials at the U.S. Embassy in Romania between 2015 and 2019 that contain keywords including Hunter Biden. In the filings, lawyer for the t- lawyers for the Times and the State Department said the State Department was stalling in answering a series of requests made under the Freedom of Information Act. All right. And worst case scenario, this is uh, influence peddling in the White House. I, that's what they're looking at. They're looking okay. at whether or not uh, the government spent money to aid private industry in foreign countries. I mm-hmm. guess. And we know whether he bought, whether Hunter Biden had a part in that. One of our good listeners says Joe Biden owns a lithium mine in China. No, that's so Hunter, who supposedly owns. Oh yeah. Hunter, yeah, owns a lithium mine in China, which, of course, isn't true, but nonetheless... Uh, well, what about his fabulous artwork that he paints and sells for half a million bucks <laughs> Is that a still going on? <laughs> if I could get a half a million bucks for putting some paint on a canvas, you think I wouldn't be doing that full-time? Well, maybe you get uh, five minutes with the president if you... If you, well, if you buy one. If you yeah. buy one, right. Actually, you actually get an overnight stay in the Lincoln bedroom. <laughs> Wait, who did that? Oh, that was a cleanse. Never <laughs> right. mind. Yeah, that's how they raise money. Well, we invite folks to call about these or many other topics are going on. We had a U.S. Special Operations Task Force strike force hit uh, Syria today and took out a key terrorist leader, or he took himself out. If I if That's I heard that, that's what the news said. Minute yes, accurately, right? So blew himself and his family up for some reason. When the well, when the authorities were coming, probably. Uh, so um, that has been in the news. Of course, we have Russia, Ukraine. Russia has issued a statement with some of its uh, latest. Uh, counter demand, so we'll be studying those. And the Olympics get underway. We're going to be talking to a Chinese expert tomorrow from Bucknell University, an economist who is follows the body politic from China and will tell us about the uh, appearance of the Olympics and why it's important that they go smoothly and why it was critical that there be some people in the stands. And we're hearing now, despite the fact that nobody's allowed in the stands, they have randomly selected people who will be in the stands. Oh, random selection. Eh? Right. Just a couple <laughs> hundred thousand people, not 
uh, you know, the global en masse that you'd expect to see at an Olympics. So that's happening. Uh, and what else? Local news, all kinds of things going on. So we would invite you to call us about the topic of your selection. 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. 1-800-795-9565. Our show sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. They invite you to do what I've done. That's what have you done? I drove one of the Tellurides. And you I'll did. It is the perfect SUV. There's but just no other way about eh? it. It's not too tall, not too short, not too boxy, not too large. It's just right. It's really the perfect SUV, and it's. Uh, I, I just think it's it's a modern day answer to the old fashioned station wagon, and it's got all the technology, a ridiculous amount of technology, and a ton of moonroof on it, so you can see all the stars. I watched the space station fly over last night through the glass on the Telluride, and it's an opportunity for you to to really just enjoy the perfect vehicle. So, check out sunburymotors.com. Our toll-free line is open. Call us 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemarket.wkok.com and text us at 70236. Include the keyword OTM. I will have more to say about our good sponsor a little bit later on in the program. Oh, I shall wait. Stan is one of our good callers who starts us out with a good talking point occasionally. So, good morning, sir. Thanks for calling in. Thank you. Good morning. Uh, you started the show off talking about crime. Now, it wasn't the crime I was planning on talking about. You're talking about Hunter and the Biden family crime, but that'll that'll all flesh out here in the future, and we'll see how deep the corruption goes. My understanding is it's pretty deep. But anyways, <laughs> I was talking today about the crime in the cities of this country, and evidently Joey Biden's going to New York City today to talk about crime. My guess, and I'm going to put this guess out there, the first, the, the top of the list will be about guns. Just I wouldn't doubt that. <laughs> there will be nothing said about the, the corruption of the DAs not prosecuting the criminals and letting them go with zero bail well, when they get arrested. Corruption. That's not corruption. That's, that's just stupidity. controversial decision-making. Oh, yeah, you can call it. You can apply your opinion to it. I don't think you're corrupt if you don't prosecute crimes. I think you might be violating yeah, your well, oath. Well, yes, it, that, that, that would a, be a, the minor thing. Is that right? a crime to violate your oath? I would think so. Okay, well, never mind. What's, that's a, f- what's the point of taking an oath if you intend to violate it? <laughs> it's like in Bill Clinton when he swore to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, and then lied. Uh, one of our listeners sends us a text that said with a high-pitched voice, not really much of an oath, then, is it? Uh, no, it's not. <laughs> I swear that I yeah, might tell no. the truth if it's convenient, but otherwise I'm going to lie to you. <laughs> well, I, I don't think the, the DA in New York is worried about telling the truth one way or the other. He just doesn't want to prosecute criminals. You know, they, the, the petty crimes, they don't get people off the street because of the petty crimes, and they just progress to the bad, really bad crimes like murder, rape, you know, armed robbery, home invasion, carjacking. Look at Philadelphia. we got the same problem there. So yeah. until these DAs actually do their job and prosecute the criminals and put them in jail, things will never change. But, oh, it is the guns problem. Remember that. Well, not only that, but I don't know whether you saw Susan Sarandon's comment. I mean, she's kind of a washed-up old actress, so it doesn't really matter. But she commented on all those police officers at the funeral yesterday and said if they weren't needed to combat crime yesterday, are they needed to combat crime at all? Are they needed on any day? Yeah, well, she said something about calling it fascism, too, I see. Yeah, right. Part of the clip. Yeah. This is what fascism looks like. 
Yeah, I, I don't have much use for people like that. You know, she's as bad as the washed out rockers. Uh, Moore's what, what's uh, uh, Neil Young, Young. And, and the woman? I forget what her name is. Joni Mitchell. No, yeah, that's the one. You know, worried about what Joe Rogan, who his guests are, because they don't like what they have to say. Well, I don't care what they have to say. And neither should a lot of other people. Well, I mean, I, I Let, don't spend most of my days listening to Neil Young's music anyway, so it's no real loss to me. Well, exactly. You know, I guess he makes good music. I've heard some of his songs. You know, I don't, personally, I didn't know who he was, but I over course of reading things he had certain songs and i've heard those songs and i like them and that's what he's good at maybe he should shut his mouth and make music and not worry about mm, what other people can, are doing on their tv shows i don't think he can make or, music with his mouth closed dan well <laughs> <laughs> he can right, make music. Right. he's a guitarist Sorry, he, can hum. <laughs> he can play the guitar he just can't sing <clears throat> but yeah what other people are doing in their podcast that's their business and the market will flesh it out if if people don't want to listen It'll end. You know, like Joe Rogan, if people don't want to listen to him, his podcast will end. But right now he's got, what, over 11 million subscribers, more than anybody else out there doing podcasts, whether you like it or not. Yeah. Well, so if we'll I don't like that, it, uh, I just won't watch it. I don't need to ba- ban the guy. I just won't watch him if I don't like him. <laughs> we'll and, see and what President Biden has to say be. today. If you don't like being coming across the air, turn the channel. It's real simple. <laughs> We'll see what President Biden says when he's in New York today. Of course, Manhattan is the DA that decided that he wouldn't be uh, prosecuting a series of crimes because he says they're contributing to really sort of a cyclical nature of bad uh, active. I think we discussed this on the show, and we've we've sort of explained it further, but uh, I think it might have been better if the DA started out by saying, okay, we have got to start at the top, start at the legislature, you know, maybe start at the street level and examine this issue. What do we need to do? Maybe he's done that efficiently, then go to the legislature, but to carve out certain laws that you just won't prosecute just doesn't seem right. Well, and I, what kind of a message does that say to your police officers? Look, this is a, there's a rubric. Every time you get the handcuffs out, there's a rubric. Is it this and only this? Does it prostitution, but it does lead to pimping? If it's just prostitution, if it's an individual, he or she's not charged, but the pimp is charged with trafficking, you know, so I, I think it's a little bit complicated. I think it's a good idea, and Stan, I What's think you would idea? agree that we probably need some criminal reform. You know, we do have this cycle that we're going down. President, President Trump actually <laughs> signed off on some prison reform and worked to achieve it. I think he had the uh, right the right method there. I think I he was going about it the right what, way. What are the specifics of that? You don't recall? No, but well, you do. That's fine. Look it up. That's why you're here. Look no. it up. But what were the specifics of it? The specifics were that he supported. Uh, who, what was that lady's name? I forget who came to the White House. Um, Oh. Yeah, it was a black lady that was in yeah. for uh, drug dealing or something like that. Right, I don't remember her name. Grandmother, but, I don't either. But she but, had, uh, she had a yeah, plan. He, he partner or, or community descent. I don't remember which, uh, because you know the crime, the punishment didn't fit the crime. The crime basically, right. I think she right. was in for life for, you know, right. What, yeah, this whatever. Is definitely now, a bipartisan issue. That is what issue. it is. But first of all, you got to get the really bad ones in prison to worry about prison reform, right? Right. Not prison reform. I mean criminal reform. You know, really, it's a part of a societal adjustment. You know, are we? You know, is it wise to 
bust people for marijuana. Okay, so we, we consider that. All right, and then examine other drugs and other crimes. You know, you well, what know, about criminal the, you mischief? Know, we're not going like to prosecute people for coming across our border illegally. Why should we prosecute anything? Okay, so you're anti any reform at all no, whatsoever. No, I'm just saying that there uh, that we need to get a consistent policy. I guess I'm agreeing with you. We need a consistent policy about how we deal with crime in this country, right. so that our law enforcement officials know what to expect and who will have their back or who won't have their back when they do something. Yeah, I kind of get the Manhattan DA's uh, idea that you have to break this cycle of abuse or of uh, criminality at some point, but I I think to just break the the chain of prosecution all of a sudden to to cut off, I mean, it's like saying, okay, well, I really don't like being on 40-foot ladders, so I'm cutting off the middle 20 feet, you know, I don't think that that's an ideal way to go about it, but that's his prerogative, and of course, he's suffering the consequences as a result. Anything else, Stan? Yeah, the the changes have to come through legislation, because in New York City, remember, I think the guy's name was Freddie Gray, died, he was selling single cigarettes on the street there, and the cops arrested him. The only reason the cops arrested him is because the city council of New York City said that they couldn't sell, or maybe it was New York State, couldn't sell individual cigarettes. Lucy's. Yeah, whatever. You know, he had paid for the cigarette pack, so he paid the tax on it, but then he couldn't sell them out as individuals, so they arrested him, and he ended up dying because of the way they, whatever they did to him, and they arrested him. Whether it was right or wrong, I don't know. So that's the kind of stuff that needs to be changed. Well, you know, then, I don't give a crap if the guy sells single cigarettes, trying to make a buck to make a living. As long as he paid for the original pack of cigarettes, his business, his property. Well, let's talk for a minute. Mark asked what Donald Trump had done. Are you familiar with the First Step Act that he signed into law? No, nope, no. Nope. Hey, if he uh, look, Joe, if uh, I'm a hundred percent bipartisan on this, if he is was part of the solution with that good thing, I told you he did six good things. If it turns out to be seven, and that's not on my <laughs> okay. list, that's fine. Well, <laughs> I'm all for it. Let's put him back in office. He's going to be back in in three years no, anyway, so, so you should be happy with that. Listen, it expanded the judge's and he can discretion. Do more good. It expanded the judge's discretion to ignore minimum sentences in some cases. The law also shortened some mandatory minimum sentences, such as from life to 25 years or from 20 years to 15 years for various offenses. So that happened. Mm -hmm. After the passage of the act, the Bureau of Prisons, at his direction, increased its use of compassionate release, sentence reductions, and home confinement. Sounds like what the Manhattan DA is talking about. You know, this idea of the long sentences causing no, a cycle is, of criminality. No, this is after they've criminality. been committed and after they've been incarcerated. Right. This isn't ignoring the crimes they committed in the first place. No, I didn't say that that's but what that's the Manhattan what you said DA the Manhattan was DA talking DA about. Doing. No, that's, no, I said that's what he was talking about. I didn't say that's what he did. Okay. What the Manhattan DA did was he decided he wasn't going to prosecute certain crimes. But what he was talking about, the fact that uh, crimes, uh, sentences, and prosecutions uh, often don't fit the crime, and it creates either a lifelong criminal or just a cycle of criminality on individuals who might not have had to end up that way. You know, I think the Manhattan DA has a good idea. It's obvious that President (laughs) Trump had a good idea signing that law, don't you think? Well, the First Step Act, I think, was the first step. Okay, well, that's Unfortunately, fine. he didn't get to finish it, but, I mean, he was doing... Thank God. ...compassionate release, as sounds reasonable to me. All right, thank you so much, Stan. Thanks, Thanks for Stan. calling All right, in. have a good one. You too, buddy. Right, 1-800-795-9565. We're going to hit the button. We'll be right back, but we'll take more comers. 1-800-795-9565.
There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake, a service technician who really knows what he's doing. They can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could shop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. See their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Keeps me searching for a heart of gold. There you go, Kevin. They're probably the most popular Neil Young song ever. Hard to go. Probably, what, 1965, 66, 67? I don't know. I plug my ears. Something like that. I I would support Joe Rogan's right to free speech, so I'm going to plug my ears when Neil Young comes on. All right. We've been talking about the president. i got to get the Fox funnels out to do that, though, of course. We've been talking about, uh, let's see, uh, crime, Hunter Biden. You found a New York Times is going after Hunter Biden to make sure they get all the information from the State Department. Right. Right. And uh, one of our good listeners. Uh, you see, the story says that they are dragging their feet on providing the information on the Freedom of Information <laughs> Act. The corruption State in the White House. <gasps> oh, I'm so appalling. shocked. Appalling. <laughs> All right, we haven't had and corruption you know in the I White House. Seen, I haven't seen anything about that on MSNBC or CNN. Matter of fact, CNN hasn't even that I saw this well, morning. Well, New York Times has gone 100% conservative. I don't even oh, yeah, noticed right. or not. Oh, yeah, <laughs> every article has got a conservative lean to it now. I think they're catering. I think they're objective. They just look conservative now. Dennis, you're on the mark. Thank you for waiting a short time. Go right ahead. Yes, good morning. Uh, I'm just a little sad when I hear all these comments against, you know, Neil Young and, you know, I I don't want to get into the issue of Joe Rogan. I think, you know, everybody should have the right to the airwaves. That's what we have this wonderful constitution for in the United States. But to hear, and it's not so much what you gentlemen were talking about, but Social media is just tearing up like Neil Young, terrible, has been calling them all kinds of names. And I'm like, man, if you remember Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young, one of their biggest hits was uh, Teach Your Children. And I, I just love that song from 1970 area, you know. And it makes me sad to think it would be like me sitting here saying, well, Bing Crosby and uh, Frank Sinatra are washed up too, you know. it's Everything had its time and its place. And I just think it's sad that, you know, everybody has an opinion here on these things. And, you know, I sit here and listen to that and I go, man, I said, they were such big hits. They sold out stadiums and everything. You know what I mean? So it's just my opinion, but I, I love Teach Your Children. It was one of my favorite songs of that era, you know. So just thought I'd get that. Heart of Gold is from 1972. Huh. I forget what your yeah. teacher children was, but I think it was 73, 70, <laughs> somewhere. No, I, no, I think it was before that. Big, before that? I, I Big Neil Young fan. 68, <laughs> nine or 70, yeah. Well, I'm one of the... I won't say he's washed up. I would just say his 70. music is past its sell-by date today. It's not yeah, the way people well. listen to music anymore. And I think that's sad because I personally thought his music was better than what we listen to today. Uh, I'm not a big fan well. of rap. 
Right. It's all generational, but it's still, you know. My generation, they thought Bill Haley was immoral. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm right behind you, Joe. I'm not too many years behind you there. Okay. All right, gentlemen, have a good day. Thank you so much. Take care. Sorry. Teach your children well. Their fathers have. Slowly go by. Is this Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young? Okay, and uh, the rest of them joined him, the remaining members of Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. Is Stephen Stills still alive? I don't think so. I thought he was. Okay. But I could be wrong. All right. <laughs> Two old white guys. We that have can't dead or alive. You know, that's, that's one of the great things about Alexa. You can say, Alexa, dead or alive, and ask who it is, and now she'll tell you. Okay, Google. <laughs> Is uh, Stephen Stills, Stills is 77. No, okay. You don't need Google. He's alive. Who else we need is Kevin. <laughs> okay, I'll be Kevin. your Google. Yeah, we, we, multi-instrumentalist best known for his work with Buffalo Springfield and Crosby, Stills, Nash pl- Please make her stop. Yes, please. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, in any event, calling him washed up is probably not really good. Okay, Google. Who is Kevin Her? Kevin Herr. According to Crunchbase, Kevin Herr is the chief financial officer of Omnigo Software. Actually, that's true. It's <laughs> 100% true. You know, he's driving a newer, newer car, and I thought, well, where's he getting all the money? And uh, I guess this is it. He's in charge of Crunchbase. I Who never knew? Heard of that. All right, upper right hand corner, please, Joe. All right, good morning, men. So, with Ukraine, Russia, COVID inflation, and our border situation, what could a president with dismal ratings do to gain some positive polling? Why, yes, of course. A bureaucratic solution with the bar set so low, there can't be any accountability. Fifty percent less cancer in 25 years. Behold the Biden cancer cabinet. Who doesn't see this as a distraction from current events? P.S. My mother died from cancer, so I'm not just being quick to judge. Just seeing Biden for who he is. All right, so we went from one buffoon to another. Now let's get a real president in there. That's what's going to happen in the U.S. Well, I mean, you know, that... That is kind of, I don't know. I per, I'm going to see 50% less cancer in 25 years. Well, who's, he's not going to be around to, uh, ought to, to to take the heat if he doesn't deliver on that promise. I've said several times President Trump is going to run, and he is going to win. To that end, one of our listeners, Tom. And I'm afraid I agree with Tom on this one. Trump will never get near the White House. He will, however, try to get out all branches of the judiciary. He will not like the results, and neither will his on-the-mark lovers. <laughs> well, I don't well, agree with that part. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I, I, I'm wondering... Is he is any of his efforts to stay in office encroaching on criminality? We know that people had talked to him about uh, seizing the election machines, using the military or and or homeland security to do it. We know Rudy Giuliani at least at one point advocated for this, but then uh, of course the president wisely decided not to do it. We know he wanted Mike Pence to right. uh, to, to turn well, there over was the a, results. Is a, any of that a crime? There you was know, a I can talk about doing something wrong tomorrow. Right, okay, but there was a poll this morning that I think, and it was on CNN, so I don't know who did it, and I don't know how accurate it would be, but it was comparing the question, are you a Donald Trump supporter or are you a Republican? Which do you support most, the Donald Trump or the Republican Party? <laughs> Is that one of Fred Keller's And a few, no, no, sounds 
like one. A few months back, it was 50, like 58 percent said they were Donald Trump supporters and 30-some percent said they were Republicans. Oh, okay. Now it's reversed. There are more people saying they are Republicans than say they are Donald Trump supporters. Yeah, that's why I think it's important who Donald Trump endorses for uh, governor or U.S. senator in Pennsylvania, whether it's Doug Mastriano for governor uh, or you know whoever it's going to be for senator. I don't think he's uh, said who he's interested in. I think that's going to be an important part of that individual getting nominated and then losing the election, depending upon who runs. And I think Connor Lamb is going to be the perfect U.S. senator to undo whoever the Trump-endorsed Republican is. Do you remember Richard Nixon, the new Richard Nixon? He went away, you know, after he said, you're not going to have Dick Nixon to kick around again anymore after he lost the governorship of California in, I think, 62. Said he was out. Then all of a sudden he reinvents himself and he's back in as the new Nixon. I can remember I said, oh, this is the new Dick Nixon, the new Dick Nixon. I think that what President Trump has failed to do is attempt to reinvent himself. He's got the same set of grievances that he's had since the election. And I think one of the one of the analysts I saw on another network, I think it was on it was either MSNBC or CNN, said that Trump has to keep his uh, grievances list going in order to try and hang on to his base. That if he starts saying, yes, I did, I lost, and or, I, or tries to be gracious, that the people who supported him will abandon him for some mm-hmm. reason or another. Yeah, because. if he starts acting normal, he'll be the last candidate to be on the ballot. But on the other hand, he hasn't reinvented himself. I mean, I, I like Donald Trump's policies. I've said that before. But I don't like the man as a person, and I think that he's he's not only not reinvented himself, he hasn't proved that he can move on. Well, he's become just a caricature of a bitter uh, loser, really. I, mean, I don't mean that. He's going to join what someone a, called us Waldorf and whoever it was, the two grumpy old men sitting mm-hmm. up in the balcony. We're going to have to make room for Trump to join us. <laughs> So, yeah, somebody was going to buy a stuffed Waldorf and... Uh, Who's the other guy, Waldorf and... I don't know, but this just proves that Stadler. we're... Statler. Statler. This you. just proves that we're them. Right. We can't even remember us. <laughs> well, we know it's a grumpy old couple of grumpy old men. All right. right. Somebody was going to buy his little caricature dolls. But seriously, man, Trump hasn't shown any capacity to move beyond where he was. Mm-hmm. You know, and so it's like he's always going to be a throwback to what he was and what he wanted and how he behaves and... Well, he's got three years for the presidency, but he'll be weighing in with that uh, sort of bitter division in the Pennsylvania gubernatorial race and the Senate race this year. He lost his wife-beaten friend, Sean Parnell, but I'm sure... now he's got a MAGA conservative in that lady. Uh, She's not endorsed. She's not endorsed. She's still an asterisk. This is WDKOK Sunbury. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark, Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. What's wrong with you? Uh, It's either this show or indigestion. I hope it's indigestion. Why? It'll get better in a little while. All right, so that's what Waldorf and what's his name. All right, Statler. 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 I'm gonna have to. Which one are you? Are you Wald? I'd like. I'd like to be Waldorf. I think you'd be Waldorf. Was one of them bald? 
Uh, both of them were. Oh, they? okay. <laughs> she, that doesn't bode well. All right. Welcome you, aboard, however, everybody. Uh, I'm Statler. He's Waldorf, and we're grumpy old men <laughs> who can't remember anything. So welcome on board. This is going to be a one wonderful ride. At least we got a heck of a producer on board this You've heard week. of the GOP? We're the GOM, grumpy old men. <laughs> Actually, you can't call yourself that. That was a movie, and I think it's trademarked. Oh, doggone it. Well... Irras- how men. about irascible old men? Would that work? Irascible. <laughs> Too hard to spell. <laughs> Half Nasty? the Republicans have to look it up. All right. Oh, hey, that's insulting. I'm a Republican. I know what it means. I'm promoting d- division. <laughs> you I'm like certainly you. are. I'm like you today. All right. 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. We would like to hear from you, our program sponsor by the Sunbury Motor Company. We'll be talking about one of the Sunbury Motor Company vehicles. I got to ride in very shortly here, uh, so that'll be coming up. But the Sunbury Motor Company is our sponsor. In the meantime, you can go to their main address, which is sunburymotors.com. Toll-free line now open. Call us now, one 800 795 You can email us at onthemarketwkok.com. One of the good callers talked about crime. President Biden's going to New York City to talk about crime. Most people probably think his remarks should have a significant dent on crime in the city. Uh, we also talked a little bit about police reform and a Manhattan DA that says certain kind of uh, crime shouldn't be prosecuted because it creates a cycle of criminality that isn't necessary. Uh, let's see. We talked a little bit about Neil Young to in Spotify, and I guess uh, sort of de facto Joe Rogan uh, and his uh, podcast, which I guess is full of misinformation. I've only no, listened no, to no. a few minutes, but I guess at some point there's misinformation. But, you know, uh, what if somebody only ever heard one of our shows when one of our extreme callers was calling in and maybe said something that wasn't 100% true and said, aha, on the mark, is full of misinformation. They should take it off well, the Sunbury I saw a story this morning that Neil Young's anti-science uh, rant against foods with MSOs is considered okay. to be um, anti-science. So, okay. you know, apparently he has his own beliefs, which he are somewhat controversial. Well, I love Neil Young. I'm a huge fan of Live Rust. I even saw the concert one time. But uh, Live Rust? Uh, yeah, it's uh, Rust Never Sleeps was one of his albums, and then he did a live version that was ultra rock and rolly. Oh, okay. So it was just great. So, But anyway, okay, so all the way back around to our show, we have open phones. So call us about the topic of your selection. we got some texts and emails. We'll read those shortly. i got to do new head, news headlines right now. So uh, we'll do those right now. Toll-free line open, 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemarket.com, and you can text us, as some good individual has done at 70236. Always include the keyword OTM. Some very brief news headlines here. Trends are going up and down depending upon what you're looking at in the statewide COVID-19 numbers. As for the number of cases in Pennsylvania and locally, that trend continues going down. There were still 7,300 new COVID-19 cases statewide Tuesday, but far from the 20,000 or so we had a few weeks ago. Locally, about... 194 new cases in our area, and that number was in the thousands in a recent weeks. So that trend is down. Deaths continue to climb. The statewide death trend is still upward. Uh, we've gone above 41,000 in terms of the number of deaths from COVID-19. About 75% of the individuals dying are unvaccinated, which is interesting considering they're only 25% of the population. Department of Health said there was one new tragic death in our area. Students at the Milton Area School District 
prospect are better prepared to enter the workforce thanks to the school's career and technical education program. The school held a Check It Out Day Wednesday showcasing their CTE, Career and Technical Education Program. It's an opportunity for students to learn about various career fields. Jalia is a CTE sophomore in her first year in the Early Childhood Education Wing of the Milton High School. Honestly, it means a lot. It's incredible to be able to interact with them and to learn a ton of stuff because then it, it gets you ready for the future. It helps you figure out, yes, this is what I want to do. Or you came into it thinking it was what you want to do and you realize that's not for me. I need to find something else. The best part is students don't have to leave the building. You can see a full story about the career and technical education program at the Milton Area School District at WKOK.com. Joe, watch out. Lead foot drivers beware. States may be receiving funding from the new infrastructure law to purchase more speed detection and enforcement cameras. In Pennsylvania, more than a quarter million drivers each year receive citations in the mail saying a speed camera caught them going too fast, according to the road speed limit. The United States Transportation Department is promoting speed cameras to curb increases in traffic deaths nationwide. Up to now, PennDOT only had a few of the cameras in primarily urban areas, but they say they're interested in making sure that more speed cameras... Here's a clue to the state legislature, the state house. Give municipal police in Pennsylvania radar so that we are not the only state in the union that prohibits it. We've already Although we can't get a vote on that, up or down, just one vote. Come on. Let's have it. And the dirty dog that was Jeff Zucker at CNN is gone. He's up and quit after word got out that he was secretly enjoying some intimate contact with one of his top executives in order to calm each other during the pandemic. They had a consensual relationship that started during the pandemic but didn't disclose it, which is against CNN's rules. It's also against social distancing guidelines, but that's another topic. By the way, he only got caught because of an internal investigation into the inappropriate uh, behavior by the former CNN news bro, Chris Cuomo. So in other words, they knew Chris Cuomo was fooling around with various people, uh, some of whom may have been colleagues who felt they were sexually assaulted or sexually harassed. And while they were at it, some of the people they interviewed say, well, why don't you do anything about Jeff Zucker? He's got one of his key lieutenants right well, now. And you called him a dirty dog? Is well, that I think that, you know, that's <laughs> inappropriate, I think. And he's the head of CNN. Was. Uh, no right. longer. Yeah, thank you. All right, 1-800-795-9565. Remember what a big big deal they made out of that? Who was it from Fox who had... Well, Roger Ailes. Roger Ailes, right. The guy, okay. yeah. uh, upper right-hand corner. Right. Biden's comments about reducing cancer deaths is no worse than Buttigieg's wish to have zero traffic fatalities. I'm not sure how he even thinks that's a realistic idea. Ideal. Well, a guy can dream, you know? Right. All right, Mark, you're on the mark. Thanks for calling in. I just called in to reemphasize my opinion that uh, we're done. Uh, China has infiltrated our country. They have, uh, have control of a lot of our politicians on both sides of the aisle. And uh, the situation on the West Coast is really bad. And uh, the election in 2024, I think, will be done before that. And uh, Trump... Uh, he continues to make a fool out of himself. He should lie low and just let the Biden and the, his backers uh, just run, keep running the country into the ground. It's a, it's a dire situation. There's thirty trillion dollars missing. They don't know where it went. I mean, uh, it's, it's so dire that uh, I've uh, just got to the point. The reality, uh, reality is setting in, and we're done. Thirty What's trillion. What's the thirty Where's trillion? Where's this money missing from? 
Well, they 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 transfer it to uh, banks throughout the world. Why? This new re this reset is coming, and pretty soon, uh, well, you might be able to stay on the air, but they're gonna they're gonna take a lot of people off the air that have different opinions. You see that coming too. It's a it's it's really sad. Uh, I'm glad I lived. I'm a uh, well. Let's see. I'm not going to tell my age right all the way, but I I've seen these 70 years uh, in this country, and I can remember what's much better. There was corruption, but never like this. It's uh, and and Pelosi. She just made 30 million dollars on a inside trade deal in the slot market. She's up to 250 million now. Yeah, and her and son. She's going to run for re-election, and that ought to tell you something. She must know something we don't. You know. Her son's being investigated, too. Apparently, she, her son and her husband are involved in some kind of insider trading of some sort. Right, yeah. It's, so they're it's, in being it's, investigated it's, for that. They're yeah, not involved it's, it's in bad. it. You think after 81 years, you'd just say, hey, I've had a good run and, and move on. Uh, Tom Brady did the same thing. I mean, some of these people <laughs> just want to hang on and hang on, you know? Well, well I, think, she's I think she's the got best, a practical uh, reason. Person to pull the Democrat to well, make get things done in the Democratic she's Party. She's got a practical reason for running. If she heads for the door, even more Democrats are going to head for the door. Why is that true? Because she's their leader, and if she thinks, "Oh man, I can't get reelected," or "This is not this is going to be a bloodbath," not going to work. The others are going to like to say, "Wait a minute! If that if the head rat's leaving the ship, I'm going to leave the ship." <laughs> head rat. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's good talking to you. Take care. Take Thank care. Thank you so much. All right, the feel good call of the day is out of the way, so we got <laughs> they got that done. Thank you, sir. A text to one of our uh, emailers. Joe. Says, President Biden's cancer plan has blood testing finding it earlier. That's how he plans on reducing cancer. He's doing a great job building America back. Oh, I think maybe it's back. 150 characters. <laughs> right. I we think he meant it. CK should have been there. Not America back, but America back. And then laughing out loud, you say Trump hasn't moved on, yet the Democrats are still crying Russian collusion, all while Biden is colluding with China. Oh, I didn't know the Democrats were still crying collusion. I hadn't heard that lately, but I don't hear Well, they anything. are. I mean, they, they are overly fixated right now, as is MSNBC, as are you. with January, the January 6th uh, committee. Mm. You know, oh, yeah, day, trying to overthrow the government. That. That's nothing noteworthy. Let's move on. <laughs> oh, that's right. It makes Trump look bad. Nothing to see here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> move along. All right. 1-800-795-9565. We're going to hit the break button, so we will come back shortly. Uh, we got Waldorf and Statler here doing a, a lousy job, but... We, you could raise up the whole well, discourse. You might see who's on the line, and you might want to take it. Oh, jeez. State Senator John Gorder, 27th District, great Berwick uh, Republican person, family man, man of great faith, and... An unexpected uh, caller. Good morning, morning, Senator. Good morning, sir. Thanks for calling in. <laughs> wow. I like the uh, unexpected uh, intro. It's a lot better than the rehearsed intro, so that was very nice. Thank you. Good morning, yeah, guys. He's a dirty dog from Harrisburg. He got sucked into the vortex. We lost him. <laughs> All right, that's the, that's the other one. Well, good morning, yeah. sir. To what do we owe the honor? Uh, you had uh, sent me a, a message last week, and it got lost. So this was the uh, only only morning I could call in was trying to. You've been busy this morning, but uh, thought I would call in and see if you had any questions for me. Oh, oh we, sure I, I sent you a note last week to, to say if you had time this week, you could call in on, uh, well, usually you reply and say, how about Thursday? But this is good. This is good. Okay. So we'll take it. Um, let's talk about redistricting. Yeah, the maps. This idea that the Supreme state Supreme Court says, say, hey, we're going to hire a cartographer and a demographer, and we're going to work on this. What's your reaction to that? It seems illegal to me, but uh, that's the way they're doing it nowadays. 
Well, again, it's uh, frustrating, frankly. Um, there's, again, uh, two processes that goes on. You do the congressional maps through actual legislation, through a bill uh, that then needs to be signed by the governor. And then the uh, redistricting for state house and state senate is done through the Legislative Reapportionment Commission. But in regard to the congressional maps, uh, there were um, attempts starting back in, I think, October or November to ask the governor or his staff uh, to get in a room and to try to start drawing maps. Um, as is well known, we had to uh, eliminate a congressional seat this year because of population loss. So there's going to be somewhat of a challenge. And unfortunately, uh, the governor uh, refused to negotiate with the House, refused to negotiate with the Senate in uh, trying to come up with a mutually agreeable map. So the House uh, ultimately took a citizen's map, Amanda Holt, who the, uh, the Democrats uh, praised, um, you know, 10 years ago uh, in regard to her map. Um, the governor doesn't like her map this time and uh, said it was unacceptable. Uh, we ended up, uh, you know, basically taking what the House did uh, and uh, sent it to the governor. The governor vetoed it, so that started this whole court process. A um, Commonwealth Court judge has uh, been uh, having hearings. Um, the Supreme Court, I think, on Wednesday uh, demanded that uh, the Commonwealth Court um, submit her map uh, to them by Monday, along with the reasoning behind it, and then they will ultimately, as they did uh, four years ago, decide what the map is. Again, uh, what happened four years ago was uh, the Supreme Court hired a Stanford law professor to draw a map. So rather than uh, the popularly elected legislature or the governor weighing in and coming up with some sort of compromise, uh, the map we currently have was drawn by a Stanford law professor from California, which is one of the most gerrymandered uh, states in the country, and we may end up with the same thing this time. I'm curious, John. Um, we heard about the Commonwealth Court uh, and what their ruling was, and then the news media always says, and the Commonwealth Court is dominated by Republicans. It will be appealed to the state Supreme Court, which has a 7-3 to three or whatever majority of Democrats. 5-2. to, two. Five uh, to two. How political are our courts, and is that something we should try to stop or stop the politicization of the courts? Well, I don't know that our state Supreme Court's any different than the U.S. Supreme Court. Uh, you would hope that, uh, you know, we try to believe that our U.S. Supreme Court is done political, um, but I think people would disagree on that. So um, I think uh, the courts here in Pennsylvania, um, especially at the Supreme Court level, are political as well. We have constitutional amendments that are pending. Are there any particular ones that are going to be on the spring ballot coming up that we should be looking for? No. Okay, so no, not, none of those. Um, yeah, uh, you know, Governor Wolf is uh, almost to uh, someone by the name of Governor Schapp in regard to vetoes, <laughs> and uh, I think he will surpass uh, Governor Schapp uh, this year. So it's been very frustrating. Um, you know, in the past, and I'll just mention another Democratic governor, Rendell. Uh, Rendell's uh, administration was very active in regard to negotiating with the legislature and uh, getting things done. And, and actually, he personally uh, would uh, sit in on those meetings and try to negotiate deals because he was a deal maker, so to speak, which I don't think is a bad thing. Uh, Governor Wolf, um, his administration will not negotiate. 
uh, and then when you send him something that's unacceptable, he'll veto it, um, and then try to do stuff by executive order. And it's just becoming more and more and more and more frustrating uh, that the governor is doing things by executive order rather than negotiating. Um, he just refuses to do it, and his administration obviously doesn't have the authority to do it. And so uh, we're attempting to do some things through constitutional amendment and let the people decide. What about his legacy? I mean, you would think he would want to leave a legacy in his final year and final years in office of, uh, you know, working collaboratively with the legislature, showing how things can get done, how things can be good and how government can actually be effective. Um, I mean, his legacy, uh, to the extent there is a legacy, is going to be education funding wise. Um, I think he decided early on. That's what he ran on when he ran against uh, Corbett um, with information that really wasn't correct. We never cut state funding uh, to uh, education, but the federal funding that was part of the Obama monies went away. Um, and, you know, I think the media has finally understood that. But I think that's going to be his legacy. Uh, he made a big announcement uh, yesterday in regard to where to use some America Rescue Plan monies. And next Tuesday will be his budget address, so we'll find out what... Uh, what his thoughts are in regard to this final year. And what, has the legislature ever sent him bills that you knew he would veto? You sent them there just so he would veto them. We, we sort of hear that criticism that some were just, you know, to, to, so that you could very accurately Message paint him as the, as the individual who vetoes everything that comes to his desk. I mean, you could argue that uh, any time we send a gun bill or a, a pro-life bill, uh, we know he's going to veto. And, uh, you know, just in, in frankness, those are bills that uh, we understood that he's not going to negotiate. Uh, so we just sent we sent a bill, we just sent a preemption bill uh, to him, uh, and I think he vetoed it already. But it's, it's a bill, um, it's already in state law that, uh, you know, municipalities... Uh, can't decide uh, gun laws, that it has to be done statewide and uniform, uniformly. Um, so that was a bill that we know that he was going to veto, but there are so many, um, especially that dealt with uh, the COVID-19 uh, state of emergency, uh, that uh, we'd hoped that he'd get actively involved in, or this congressional one, or just some other type of uh, bills that, uh, you know, he never... He waited till the very last moment and said, I can't support that bill in this fashion, um, but wouldn't get involved to say how it could be changed in order that he would uh, sign it. So it's just become very frustrating. Well, we've talked a little bit about the uh, congressional maps. What about the House and Senate maps? Uh, any less controversial situations there? Uh, well, certainly the belief was back in December, at least in regard to the state Senate map, uh, that uh, things would be fairly smooth. Um, as you folks probably know, the uh, the vote back in December for the state Senate map was five to zero, uh, and the uh, vote on the state House map was three to two. Uh, and uh, I know this, the House Republicans very, very, very upset with uh, the the map that was agreed to, and it was really strange. In the days after that, uh, the um, Chancellor, who's the chairman of the committee, said it wasn't his map. Uh, the House Democratic leader said it wasn't her map. Uh, it had to be someone's map that got put out there. It certainly wasn't the uh, House Republicans' map. Um, since then, they've had uh, hearings, uh, four days' worth of hearings. They've received, I think, thousands of comments. And uh, now there's behind-the-scenes negotiations. Uh, there was supposed to be a meeting last Friday, um, but uh, unfortunately the chancellor has changed the Senate map um, a decent amount. 
and uh, so there wasn't, uh, I don't think, enough votes uh, to uh, consider it. Uh, the meeting is now scheduled for tomorrow, and uh, there's been changes in the map almost every day this week, and so uh, I don't know what it looks like at the moment. Um, the good news for the 27th Senatorial District is that it's consistently kept Columbia, Montour, Northumberland, Snyder together, uh, but then it's played around um, at various times over the last two weeks. Uh, it's had Luzerne, it's had Dauphin, or it's had Union. So it's just interesting to see how the process goes. Well, tell me about your view on the mail-in voting issue. I think Republicans weren't happy that the, the bill that they uh, promoted and you voted for and signed into law it helped so many Democrats. But guess what? You get a reprieve. <laughs> your, view, your view and reaction on all this. Uh, I voted for the legislation back in 2019. Uh, there were a number of different things in it, and one of the things that uh, it got rid of um, was uh, straight party voting. Uh, and uh, frankly, um, speaking politically, uh, for those of us uh, that have uh, some representation in the uh, southeastern part of the state and uh, with Trump at the top of the ticket, um, we wanted to uh, get rid of the straight party voting so that people would have to look at each office uh, to decide who they wanted. And I think, uh, frankly, uh, although we lost the uh, president's uh, spot uh, in 2020, uh, we picked up for the first time in 50 years two state row offices in uh, state treasurer and state auditor general. And I absolutely believe that couldn't have happened uh, without eliminating the uh, straight bar uh, party voting uh, option. So that was one of the trade-offs that uh, happened in regard to expanding uh, voting um, by mail. Uh, and it's interesting. Uh, I, I looked at the uh, uh, come-off court decision, uh, which was 3-2, to two, and uh, the Republicans relied on one section of the uh, Constitution, and the Democrats relied on a different part of the Constitution. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see what the uh, Supreme Court says, although we assume that the Supreme Court, uh, now they've scheduled arguments for March. Uh, they provided a stay, so uh, absentee balloting, uh, no excuse absentee balloting will continue until the uh, Supreme Court makes the final decision. Will Republicans do this again, given the opportunity? Let's suppose the overturning uh, sticks, which it sounds like it would. Uh, will you do that again? Oh, I don't know that the overturning is going to stick with the uh, state Supreme Court and a 5-2 to two majority on the Democrats. Again, they've, offered, they've uh, provided a stay of the uh, Commonwealth Court's decision, and uh, there's uh, oral arguments in March. Uh, certainly the uh, May, or at this point, I think the, uh, the May election date is probably going to be, have to be uh, postponed um, just because of all the wrangling that's going on. Uh, but certainly uh, no excuse to absentee balloting will continue. Um, look, as Republicans uh, and as our caucus, we think a number of changes need to be made. And we, can uh, we continue to uh, be incredibly disappointed with the, uh, with the decisions by the Department of State in 2020, as well as the directions of the uh, Supreme Court in 2020, where they um, very actively changed statute. Uh, and, uh, the, I mean, the one provision they, they said, we're going to change this provision just for the 2020 election. That was a 4-3 to three decision. Um, and then um, change it back after the 2020 election. That's just mind-blowing. 
Let me ask you this question. With the governor being somewhat intransigent on um, on some things and the fact that the House and Senate are still dominated by Republicans, what are the chances we're going to get anything substantive done in an election year coming up? Coming up? Um, well, you know, the biggest thing we do, though, is a budget. And, uh, you know, I go back to Ed Rendell. Uh, Ed Rendell, eight years, we never passed the budget on time once um, because he was always uh, asking for this and that and the other thing. And uh, while we had uh, that issue, if you remember, in the first year or so of the Wolf administration, where we went beyond a year uh, without a budget, uh, since then, um, we've been able to get a budget on time uh, each of the last, what, six years. Uh, and that's really the biggest thing we do uh, in regard to, uh, you know, uh, largeness. Uh, and, we, uh, you know, the, the numbers are great. Um, Coming in, I think a billion and a half over uh, estimates. We still have a lot of uh, the majority of the American Rescue Plan money. So, really, the biggest thing we could do is, you know, get a, get a budget done on time again uh, this year, uh, which I hope uh, that we'll do, and to uh, figure out where all the American Rescue Plan money did. We, frankly, we just had a uh, agreement of sending 225 million, I think roughly, uh, to uh, hospitals, uh, and not strictly two hospitals, but two hospitals for frontline workers. Uh, so it's not going into the hospital's bottom line. It's, it's, an, it's uh, the agreement that passed the House unanimously, the Senate unanimously, the governor signed it immediately uh, to get to the frontline workers who are on the, uh, on the floors taking care of patients and uh, overwhelmed uh, but should get uh, extra compensation for what they're doing. Anything we can do here in Pennsylvania to curb inflation, or has that just got to be a federal issue? Uh, I think that's a federal issue. <laughs> you and can borrow and spend and send everybody a lot of money if you want it to get worse. <laughs> so, uh, Are you weighing in on this U.S. Senate race or the gubernatorial race at all? You're, you would be the Republican leader who's not currently a candidate for one of those offices, so thank you for that. But uh, and You and Kim Ward aren't running, but everybody else is. So, uh, <laughs> um, any, any thoughts on this race? I know you don't endorse people, so I know that's not coming, but... Uh, uh, thoughts on this great field of Republicans running? Yeah, I mean it's it's uh, it's interesting. It's exciting in some degree. Uh, I think it's you know too large, and uh, you always wait to see once um, the petition period ends and see where people are and on the ballot. Uh, you know, the governor's race is one where you have to get uh, folks from uh, so many different counties. Uh, to uh, get um, a minimum amount of signatures. So while there's a, a large number on uh, both of those races, Senate and Governor, um, it'll be interesting to see come mid-March or so who's actually on the ballot, and uh, once you get ballot position and stuff like that, who sticks. But I think we've got some good candidates on both sides. Uh, and uh, it's interesting. It was interesting to see what happens. Uh, it just happened with uh, Lamb and Fetterman and uh, the uh, other uh, state rep on the Democratic <laughs> side. And, uh, you know, our, um, our committee meeting is this weekend. Uh, I also don't think uh, we're going to uh, have an endorsement uh, just because of the sheer number. I can't imagine anyone getting uh, to the number that they need to get to, but uh, we'll know better on Saturday of this week. Are you a big Dr. Oz fan? Joe is. Joe's have, gets a warm feeling every time we talk about him. <laughs> um, 
You know, I like I the only person uh, I've not met Dr. Oz. I know he was uh, at an event uh, this past week in in Harrisburg or a week ago in Harrisburg. I didn't see him. Uh, I did get a chance to meet uh, Jim, um, not Jim, David McCormick, mm. um, and uh, my wife had a nice conversation with him. My wife was. My wife was a graduate of the last class of the Bloomsburg State College in 1983, um, before July 1983, when it became Bloomsburg University. And, of course, Jim McCormick was uh, the president there at Bloomsburg University while Lori was um, a student there, and then he became uh, the first chancellor of the state system. But I, I, I enjoyed talking with uh, Dave McCormick, very uh, personable. Um, he's got uh, some support from some of the heavier hitters um, in our in our state. I saw, for what it's worth, I saw Ted Cruz uh, did a fundraiser for him in the Lehigh Valley. But it'll be interesting to see what happens. Well, until President Trump decides who he's going to push for. <laughs> That's a, Ted, you have to settle for Ted. So, all right. Well, thank you so much, John. Thanks for calling you, in. Senator. We appreciate that. Uh, you you got an open mic anytime to bring us up to date on these important topics. Yeah, just uh, the, the most exciting thing for me this year is going to be the uh, opening of the bridge in the northern section of the CSVT. I'm not sure if either of you guys are familiar with that project. Uh, oh, but, yeah. Uh, that, that, <laughs> We've heard uh, of it. <laughs> I, I think by August or so that, that whole thing's going to be open. Well, and of course, we saw, uh, tragically, of course, we saw the bridge collapse out in Pittsburgh, and John Fetterman was campaigning out there with some of his nicest gym shorts I saw, so that worked out nicely. I thought, geez. It was, uh, yeah. just a quick comment on that. It was funny that uh, before that uh, happened, uh, he was not going to be available uh, for right. uh, to attend because, and maybe you guys have already talked about that, because he had a scheduling conflict. Right. And then, lo and behold, the bridge uh, collapses, and instead of heading to the gym, uh, he heads to the bridge to meet with the president. So we now know what his scheduling conflict was. Going to the gym. <laughs> right, the YMCA. All right, thank you Thanks, so Senator. much, John. Really appreciate the call. Take care. All right, nice right. talking to you guys. Bye. Thank you. State Senator John Gordner, 27th uh, District, good Republican in Harrisburg. Uh, State Senate Majority Whip. I always call him the House Majority Whip. I have no idea why. He's a Senate he Majority Whip. He was once whip. in the House. Well, that doesn't count. <laughs> it's, it's just dumbness on my part. That's uh, part of being Statler. All right, 1-800-795-9565. We're going to take a quickie break. We will be right back. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake, a service technician who really knows what he's doing. They can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could chop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. See their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Oh, 
All right. Well, our good caller says that won't be necessary. You can uh, curtail that music. We'll be we're cooked. So the U.S. is a done deal. One of our listeners. Oh, we heard uh, State Senator John Gordner on the line. So if you'd like to comment about some of his uh, thoughts, uh, if I heard this correctly, he's indicating that his view is that the democratically controlled state Supreme Court will keep mail-in voting in place. Isn't that funny how just politics can decide whether something well, that's why I truly about, constitutional or not? That's why I asked him about whether or not he thought the courts were too political, although he he didn't really elaborate on that. He just said, well, all courts are political. But I don't think all courts should be political. In other words, the Supreme Court, you elect somebody that, I would hope on the premise that they would enforce the state constitution, you know, in a way that's consistent with the uh, with the law. And if the Commonwealth Court, which deals in civil matters or matters between municipalities and government functions mm-hmm. all the time, if it says one thing and then the Supreme Court says something else just based on politics, why do we even have courts? Why don't we just put everything on a referendum and let everybody vote or on why it? Or why have a constitution? Let's just leave right. it up to the courts to argue things out. Yeah, I right. agree. Earlier we talked about Neil Young getting off of Spotify and his cohorts and Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young doing the same thing. And uh, I did indicate that some people feel that Joe Rogan is has misinformation on his uh, podcast. Some people feel that way. I do not know that to be true personally. But to that end, one of our listeners sent us a note. Well, Doug says, Joe Rogan's podcasts are not full of misinformation at all. If you'd actually listen to his interviews, you'd realize that he brings a wide variety of guests on his show and talks with them, asks questions, and then actually listens to their responses. The so-called misinformation on his show has been doctors who are brave enough to actually question how COVID has been handled and the effectiveness of the vaccine, or talk about the actual side effects of the jab. Misinformation is a made-up term used to label anyone who questions anything to do with COVID and the vaccine. The doctors he's had on are actual scientists who have worked firsthand with COVID and patients with COVID. But their science doesn't fit the narrative the government and media wants, so therefore, it's labeled misinformation. All right. Signed, Doug. Rare agreement with Doug. Yeah, thank you, sir. I appreciate that. Yeah, I, I don't think, uh, Joe, I've only heard a little of the podcast, but it seems like it's pretty open mic kind of situation where he invites people on and he listens to them. If, you, if, if somebody is on the podcast and he doesn't agree with them, he doesn't interrupt them. He lets them listen or speak. and Gee, get That's their, called free speech. Right. Get their two, different opinions. Get their uh, two cents in and so on. All right. We got Eric standing by, but another comer coming on, one 800 795 Five six five. Eric, you're on the mark. Thanks for calling. Go right ahead. Good morning, gentlemen. Thank you for taking my call. Speaking of free speech, here I am. <laughs> Without people of uh, contrary views, you don't have a program, right? That's right. <laughs> okay, so um, I don't think we broached this topic, at least not recently. Um, your views on the privatization of our liquor system. Joe, I'll let you go first. Okay. Well, I ha- I know some people who work in the system, and I've heard arguments on both sides. It seems to me that the current system we have probably stifles competition. It certainly doesn't make booze readily available to everybody in the Commonwealth easily. We talk about the need to give everybody their uh, um, voter ID 
so it should be very easy. But it's not very easy to buy booze in Pennsylvania. On the other hand, we don't have a liquor store in every street corner. So I could see the argument both sides. Do I think the government should be uh, selling a commodity that uh, could be sold commercially by others? Maybe not, but... Uh, it seems to me that what we've had has worked fairly well over the years, and unless there's a compelling reason to change it, I don't see what that would be. That's pretty wishy-washy. I'm assuming you're, assume you're sitting down, Joe, right? <laughs> yeah. We are in agreement. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I know. Uh, <laughs> blue moon. Is it blue moon? Anybody? Joe uh, fell here, over. Hold on. He's, he, Joe's um, fell I over. He's from, getting I up off the floor. I think, what, what was it they used um, to say, Martha, this is the big one? <laughs> the <hard part. laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, first of all, I agree with you wholeheartedly. We have a system that works. When you say someone in, in, in the Commonwealth can't get booze who wants it, that's not true. That's not true. We have we have a good system, and and a system that is expanding. I guess you now can buy, if it's a small batch, you can buy hard liquor different places, wine stores. You can buy wine different places. You know, so to say you don't have access is is null and void. Uh, second argument is it's too expensive. Well, I've been to some of the surrounding states, and if you get too far away from the border, you're paying about just as much. But my my most compelling argument is the following two. First of all, this system generates almost a billion, between half a billion and a billion, that's going to be dollars of revenue, as in profit, to the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, which then allows us to have additional programs about alcohol and alcohol control and, and control enforcement, which does not burden the taxpayers, many of whom do not drink and really feel no burdens. Why should I have to pay for, for the uh, activity of those who are choosing to drink? So I think that's a compelling argument from the taxpayers. Say, why should I have to pay for these this 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 service system, which doesn't affect me? Except, of course, if someone's out driving drunk and hits you and kills you. The second okay. thing, of all, and to me, as a perspective of someone that's who works uh, strongly with our youth, is there is no liquor store where any kid is going to try to go in with a fake ID and try to get booze and. There's no liquor store um, employee who's making a good wage and good benefits, enough to retire on and also take care of him or her and their family, is going to be tempted to sell booze out the back door, so to speak, to an underage person just to make a few bucks. And I believe that that is not true under privatization. That's a good factor. Don't forget about the unions. They love the LCB. Can they get great wages and they're great hires and it's a great employer. Good good union paying jobs. And those people are are are, are friends and neighbors who are also paying uh, working here, living here and spending their money here in Pennsylvania and locally. Well, I'm not right? a, I'm not a big drinker, but I, you know, occasionally I'll and neither ha- am I. have a neither recipe am I, for yeah. I have a recipe for a punch or something and I've gone to the state store and I've asked for help and I they haven't tried to sell me anything. They've given me a straightforward answer as to what my options were. You know, and I, I think that's a good system. You're right. They don't have an incentive to try and peddle a ton of booze to you or to sell out the back door to kids or anybody else. So I think All it's right. been one of the benefits of our system. I agree with you completely. Thank you so
so much, Eric. We'll put you down as favoring the current system with more changes. All right. Thank you, sir. Appreciate the Thank call. Thank you, gentlemen. Yep. one eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. I got one caller standing by. We'll probably have time for maybe one more quickie dialer. So go ahead and note it. one eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five or you can email us at on the market com. I want to tell you about the Sunbury Motor Company. Uh, I just had an experience in a twenty twenty two Bronco Sport. This is the one with the lift kit already on it and thirty inch tires. It, it is a blast to drive. Now the little one that I drove had the two liter engine. This is a three liter, so the gasoline mileage is twenty in the city and about twenty five or so on the highway. It does have some fuel saving aspects to it, but I'll tell you what, that's not its main point. It is just as powerful as can be and can climb straight up the side of a hill and it's got about nine and a half inches of clearance. So now that means you're not going to bust anything when you go piling over a snow bank or uh, drive around on the grass and anywhere else you want to at work or at home. It's an opportunity for you to do some casual off-roading. You can take it down to the AOAA down in Northumberland County. It'll be perfect for down there. And guess what? It's a gorgeous-looking urban vehicle that will be fun to drive around town or just commute in or run down to Harrisburg or do whatever you got to do. So this is the 2022 Bronco Sports. Got the lift kit already on it. Flat black uh, outside. It's not the shiny black. It's got a power moonroof, <laughs> which uh, if the space station is flying over, will be very handy. But check this out at Sunbury Motors. You check them out at sunburymotors.com. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake, a service technician who really knows what he's doing. They can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could chop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. See their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. <laughs> All right, state liquor system, one of our topics today. Thank you, Eric, for bringing that up. Uh, Paul, you're on the mark, and uh, you get a couple minutes, and then Lance gets a couple minutes. Right. I won't take much time because all I'm talking about is this matter of the judges drawing the districts. The federal Constitution, Article One, Section 4 says, the times, places, and manner of holding elections for senators and representatives shall be prescribed in each state by the legislature thereof. Any law that draws the districts or uh, uh, has any different changes in the balloting that's done by the Secretary of State, the boards of elections, that is all illegal. The rules that govern our election by the federal constitution have to be approved by the legislature and so the drawing of these districts by the courts if that does not go back through the legislature and get their approval 
that is a violation of the United States Supreme Court. And the Roberts Court had the opportunity in 2020 to rule on the Pennsylvania rules, and they failed to do that. So they did not support the Constitution as the supreme law of the land. Paul, the, I, the think, I think the 2020 election was done illegally in Pennsylvania. I think you're missing something. I mean, the Constitution says that the states shall do it. And the state constitution says that it has to be done as a bill passed by the legislature and signed by the governor. So the federal constitution defers to the state on this issue, and the state has set up the process in its constitution that requires the legislature to pass it and the governor to sign it. And if that fails, it goes to the courts. So it's not not illegal at all. Well, if the if it. The, the court would have to send it back to the legislature. The Constitution says it has to be approved by the legislature. The governor is standing away from it being approved, so he's got to work with the legislature till they get something that they can all agree upon because the United States Constitution says it has to be by the legislature, not the state judiciary. Okay, that's right, the terminology. Right, but they couldn't okay. come up. They were feeble and were unable to come up with a fair district, so the Supreme Court, had, the state Supreme Court had to step in, and the U.S. Supreme Court says, well, we're not going to tell you how to run your state. If this is the way that your Constitution calls for it to go back to the state Supreme Court, if they have to draw the maps, that's fine with us because uh, we're I'm not sure going to touch it. Been, I'm sure the Republicans would have taken it to the United States Supreme Court they if did. they thought it was illegal. It was turned but away. They turned away. take it to the United States Supreme right. Court and the Supreme Court. Oh, we got to get Lance on. Turn it down. Thank you, Paul. Thank you so oh, much for calling in. They yeah. declined to rule or they ruled? Uh, the U.S. Supreme Court didn't take it up at didn't all. Didn't take it up at all. Right. Okay. Uh, well, that means they deferred to the state. Right. Lance. Why, uh, anyway, you're going to say, there he goes again. But I think that it's worthwhile that we mention, you know, what a deadly product that alcohol is. I mean, there's more uh, under 21 humans are killed one way or another alcohol than all the other drugs put together. Do you like the uh, state liquor system or not? You know, I don't think we even ought to have it, but people want it, so we got to give it to them. Mm, I don't think most um, people do want it. We tried prohibition, kind of... Lance. That didn't work real well. Hey, thanks for no. calling. We're out of time. Call first <laughs> thing tomorrow. Why can't they be sued? That's all. All right. We got you. Thank you so much, Lance. Yeah, sorry I didn't give him enough time. This is WKOK Sunbury.